Welcome to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast, where we help you conquer the internet one video at a time. We cover everything from how to start a YouTube channel to how to make a video go viral. And now, here's your host, the one and only Dusty Porter. Hello, creative people of the internet. It is Dusty here with another episode of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. This episode is brought to you by TubeBuddy, the one-stop shop for all things YouTube tools. If you're looking for a tool that can help you grow your YouTube channel with great features like publish to Facebook, bulk updates, and quick links, and many, many more features that really help me and my channel grow, check them out www.tubebuddy.com slash create. You'll help us out. You'll also get a little special deal there. Let me know what you think and check them out. In this week's opening of the show, I want to do something that I haven't done yet. There's sometimes in life and in creation when you're creating things and you're discovering things where you come across a person or an individual who just inspires you, who because of the situation that they're in, it makes you realize how good you have it. And I came across a gentleman this week. He's actually one of my students who I am I am doing YouTube coaching with. And his name is Josh Nickel. He is a visually impaired YouTube content creator. The dude pushes out content like nobody's business. If you want to check out his channel, it's J-O-S-H, last name Nickel, N-I-C-H-O-L. And when I got contacted from Josh about wanting to work with me and do some YouTube coaching and things like that, I begin to check out his channel like I do with every student of mine, and I begin to realize there's something special about Josh. Not that he's visually impaired, not that he can't see, not that he's different than myself, but Josh has heart, and Josh cares about what he's doing. And in every video that he creates, you get this sense of he knows what he's doing. He's got a purpose for every video, for everything that he's doing, he's got a purpose. He has to go through so many challenges to even get the video on YouTube. And I want to just shout out and just give him encouragement. I want to encourage Josh and tell him how much me personally, Dusty, the, the, the host of this podcast, I am inspired by what you're doing. You need to keep doing it and you need to not stop because you are making a difference. Whether it's two views or a hundred views, you, you, Josh, are making a difference. And I cannot wait to continue to work with him as a student and watch him grow and see his channel grow. So if you please would, go check out. I'll put his channel link down below. This is not a sponsored thing. This is not anything other than I was touched this week. And he just made a difference in my life. He impacted my life. And I definitely want you to go check him out. Also, before we get into the interview this week, I do want to preface this by saying I released my first ever quick tip episode this past week. If you haven't already checked it out, I'm going to do maybe one of those every five to seven episodes where it's basically just a seven to ten minute audio episode of me talking about a specific YouTube topic that hopefully can help you. It's like really quick and really actionable. I hope you like those episodes. If you do, shoot me an email or let me know via YouTube, Twitter, whatever. Uh, let me know. Also, I want to get a hashtag going. When you release your YouTube videos or do something cool on YouTube or you reach a milestone, I want everyone to hashtag YT Creators Hub and then go ahead and tag us uh, on Twitter. I would really like that to be a thing and something that we start doing. That way we can kind of collaborate together and see what the community is doing as a whole. Also, don't forget to check us out over on Patreon. We got some really neat perks happening right now. Uh, channel evaluations. Uh, even if you're just donating a couple dollars a month, you get all kinds of really fun stuff. I got t-shirts coming down the line. There's so much fun stuff happening right now. Don't forget to check out my podcasting 
uh, podcast. That sounds funny, right? If you're looking to launch, grow, or monetize a podcast, I launched another podcast. It's called Podcasters Unplugged. I'll put the link in the description below. If podcasting is something you've thought about, go check that show out where I interview podcast hosts about their journey in podcasting. So, no more, no more opening, no more running my mouth, no more rambling. I want to jump into this week's interview. It's with Comic Storian. This episode for me is probably one of my favorites, not because of how big of a YouTuber he is, but because of the topics that we discussed and just the amount of conversation we had about YouTube and the future of YouTube, what it means to be a creator and be a part of a network and things like that. So I really think you guys are going to enjoy this show. If you do, again, let me know. Subscribe. You know, leave me a rating on iTunes. I would really appreciate it. Tell your friends and family about the show. And guys, without further ado, let's jump into the interview. I am joined today by Benny Potter, who runs the Comic Storian, Eligible Monster, and Manga Storian YouTube channels. He also runs a sub-network N4GTV, which functions through Maker Studios and Maker Gen. Benny, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. As I told you before I hit the record button, I am number one a fan of yours, have been watching your con- your content from Comic Storian for a long time now. So briefly uh, for our audience, tell us a little bit about you and the channels you run and a little bit about your network. Oh, yeah. No, uh, I basically started, well, I guess I won't start with started, but I run three channels. Um, we with The whole entire concept behind the channels is to fill people in on lore and storylines and characters that they love, but just don't have time to go and play all the video games for or read all the comic books for or now read all the manga for to get caught up. And you're stuck getting in conversations with your friends about your favorite superhero after you watch a movie or they're going out and buying a video game and you're stuck working until like 11 p.m. at night and you, you have no idea what's going on. So the goal of these channels is to give people the enough base knowledge that you can follow along in a conversation and not feel like a complete noob or be pushed out by your friends because you're not keeping up with everything. So that's that's the whole point of those three channels. And then the networks that we run is all about um, all about just helping people get started on YouTube, giving them that stepping stone, giving them someone that you can talk to to help you work out copyright issues and problems that you may run come across and ideas on how to grow your channel and stuff like that to give you a stepping stone to go to the bigger tiered networks and stuff like that. Let's talk about the networks for a minute. I haven't really touched on that much in this podcast, and I want you, somebody who helps run uh, a network, a sub-network from Maker TV, explain to the audience what a network is and what they would need to do to apply for a network. Networks are a weird thing in the YouTube space. Um, like because So a lot of people know of YouTube networks due to situations like the Ray William Johnson fallout with Maker. Right, which which Maker loves me talking about. They they love it when I talk about lawsuits. Um, <laughs> but a lot of people know them through that, which is basically your favorite YouTuber puts a network on blast, claiming that they're doing nothing but taking your money. They're doing nothing for you and stuff like that. Um, and then, of course, everyone turns to networks and like, YouTube networks are useless. They don't do anything. What a YouTube network defined by YouTube is supposed to do is they are there to support you and they are there to, they are there to supply you with tools to be able to grow your channel. That's the bare bones of what a network is supposed to do. When you sign up with a network, you do agree to give them a percentage of your revenue, which basically entices them to want to grow you. Because if it's a percentage, you're not paying them. You're not giving them any money. You know, if I, if I was only making $200 on my channel a month and I gave them 100 that wouldn't work. But on a percentage, if I have a low month, it doesn't matter. So the idea behind a network is they're supposed to be there to support you. Where the confusion comes in with a lot of people as to, oh, I signed up with a network and they haven't helped me grow, is people seem to forget that YouTube is a giant entity. And corporations like Maker have about, like I think last count they told me was like 13,000 partners. And they have a grand total of about 20 people helping those partners. So if you're not contacting them, if you're not asking them the questions, they're just going to send you blanket emails with how to grow your stuff. 
because unless they, for whatever the reason, like you have a viral video, you're not going to be brought into the forefront. You're not going to be on their radar. They're just going to be like, here's another channel we have. If we have a reason to contact them, we will. Otherwise, they can contact us with help. And that's where a lot of people get confused as to what a network does. They join up. They think that the network's going to grow them, and they don't. They're there to supply you with the tools to grow yourself. And then, then, of course, you can debate how much percentages are worth and stuff like that. So uh, even though I run a network, I do tell people networks aren't for everybody. If you're in a situation where you don't have to deal with copyright, you know how uh, search engines work, you're doing something like daily vlog videos and you're growing already, why bother with a network? You don't need a network. Yeah, they can help you out with certain things, but you don't need them. A lot of time, a lot of times I get questions, sorry to interrupt you there, but I get questions about networks and, and YouTubers will ask me, well, all they're there for is to take my money and they see the big time YouTubers like uh, what Ray William Johnson did, all, all of that with the big blow up happening there with Maker Studio. What are, I know the positives, but like as far as the ad revenue breakdown, I don't know if you're able to speak on this, but if you are, what are the differences in if you're just set up with the AdSense program through YouTube as opposed to if you're part of a network like Maker Studio? studio um well no i can talk about the adsense no problem uh normally when you sign up with a network like maker or a lot of their competitors you start off with a 70 30 percent split the reason for that is simple you're great you you have unlimited access to ask for help it might take a two or three day response time keep in mind these people have like thirteen thousand partners but you have unlimited access to them companies like maker and even their competitors like defy and uh full screen give you music libraries to use that are completely uh, completely free of copyright issue. And yes, you can go buy them yourself, but you, this comes with your package. You know, uh, I know Maker has, for the lower partners, they have Maker offers, uh, ways for you to get affiliate links that they've already negotiated for you. So you just go there, grab a link, and you can just start promoting a product if you want to. Um, and so what ends up happening with a lot of these percentages, the larger you get, they'll give you higher percentages of your own revenue back. Because like at $200, 30% of the revenue, we're looking at what? They take $60. So as you get larger, that $60 is going to be the same amount of money if you, you know, get a higher percentage. So the, the percentages do increase, and a lot of people – and I'm, I feel like I'm rambling at this point because it, it, networks are such a, a weird, slippery slope, you know? No, absolutely. I don't think you're rambling at all. I definitely get a lot of questions about networks, and I think you're the perfect person to discuss these with our audience. And before we move on, real quickly, like the 70-30 split that what you might get with a network – and again – you need to make sure that you're reading these emails, reading these contracts when you're signing up for a network. You need to make sure that you're doing all of that. Make sure you cover your bases. But maybe tell the audience in comparison, what would they be getting if they're just signed up for the normal AdSense program? What would be the difference in split? Oh, yeah. That's where I was trying to go with that, and that's why I felt like I was rambling. So <laughs> typically when you sign up with a network, and, and YouTube changes this all the time, which is where the problems come in. Typically, when you sign up with a network, AdSense split, base bo bare bones, you don't even contact your network. They're supposed to be giving you an increased revenue. That's the biggest thing. Now, companies like Maker, Defy, Fullscreen, these companies that are big and massive, they legitimately will give you more because they have their own ad sales teams. They go out, they get additional ads. So you're getting the Google AdSense, plus you're getting additional ads on top of your revenue. In theory, provided that you're not doing some obscure channel that, that no one can target ads for, you're going to get an increase in ads and that revenue split will level out. Now, that doesn't apply to everyone. If you're doing a channel about trying out hot sauces, unless they get an ad for a hot sauce, it might not fit with your channel. Therefore, you're not going to get the increased ad revenue. Okay, so that, that makes sense. Let's just say someone out there is running a channel and they're 
thinking to themselves, you know, I'm making around anywhere from 40, 60, 70 bucks a day. They're averaging a couple thousand dollars a month. They're doing okay. They're on their way to possibly maybe doing this YouTube thing full time. They're, you know, beginning to get the emails from Maker, from full screen, from these different networks. What would you say to those those YouTubers? Would you recommend doing it or is it all a case by case basis dependent upon what kind of content you're creating? Um, I, and, and that's, and I literally, even though I run a network and would love for people to sign up with the network so that we can help you out and the revenue split goes through, I tell everyone it's a case by case basis because the biggest things that a network's going to do for, for you at the lowest level is preferably give you the higher revenue and they're going to preferably help you negotiate copyright issues. If you're in a position where you never have copyright issues and you're already perfectly happy with your money and you may think that you're in a weird niche that isn't going to get an increased ad revenue, why join a network? I mean, absolutely. Again, like I said, I'm going to move on from networks now because I think we've definitely beat that horse. But I definitely want you guys to understand what networks are. I think Benny did a great job explaining it. Well, actually, there's one last thing I want to state real quick about the network situation. Um, when you're because you you brought up a really good point. I get like probably a letter a day from each one of the big big guys. When you're looking at your networks um, and you're trying to decide who to go with, nobody there is no perfect fit. You know, I'd love to say Maker's a great fit for everybody or full screen's a great fit for everybody, but you need to look at what that network is doing. Are you a gamer? Well, then you're going to want to go with the gamer-focused networks like Defy ha- runs a Smosh at Smosh Games and Maker has Polaris and all those guys. That's a great make- That's a great gaming fit. Full screen has some gamers, but they don't have a lot of gamers, you know? If you're a musician, full screen caters to musicians. That's where you would want to go. So when you're getting the emails and you're finally considering to join a network, it, it, like, and you've decided, hey, I want the increased revenue. Hey, I want to have all these little perks that they're offering me. You also need to look at who's going to be able to help you out the most. If a gamer goes to full screen, they'll have less opportunities than, say, going with Maker. Like, you know, especially like a great example is if you're a Disney themed channel, why would you go with anyone else but Maker? They're owned by Disney. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. Well, that's that's awesome. I, I know I learned so much just from that brief little few minute conversation that we had there. And guys, definitely, as Benny said, you know, definitely look at what the networks are doing, what they're about, the kind of channels that they are helping now, the kind of channels that are under their umbrella. And if you fall in that niche or whatever it is that the studio is about, then definitely take a look at it and see because they're not all bad people. They're not all crooks like what you may read on the internet. And the last thing I would would want to ask Benny would be this. What are the contracts like as far as like yearly? I mean, is it a yearly contract? Is it a monthly contract? What, what does that look like? Um, normally the ones who will give you the monthly contracts aren't really worth going to. Uh, there's, there's a lot of, I, I don't want to, I don't want to badmouth any particular network. So I'm not going to name off like the horrendous ones, but in my experience, anyone who's offering me a get out whenever you want contract or a no lock in or uh, a monthly contract, they're also offering nothing else on top of that. That's, that's the offer. And then of course, most of those networks are just taking your ad sense. They have no ad sales teams. They're not increasing anything. They're not doing anything. Um, the ones that I sign up with through maker are two year contracts. Um, and most of the networks will give you that, that the most of the, most of the viable ones will give you a year to two year contract. But the biggest warning I can give you is if you do sign up with one of those year to two year contracts, they have automatic renewal clauses. You need to, you need to keep an eye on when you're getting out of the contract. So if you do want to leave, like say you've been with one guy, they haven't helped you out and you're getting a great offer from another competitor. You got to keep an eye on when you're getting out because it will auto renew. All of those contracts have that. All right, that's such great. I want you guys to go back, rewind the podcast, listen to that segment again. I think there's a lot of value uh, for you guys there about networks. Now, moving on, 
Vinny, when it came for you, a, a, a guy who just loved comics, who loves gaming, things like that, how did you go from you know all of your hobbies to creating videos now for a living? How did you transition into that? So how did you begin your YouTube career? So I was actually in the military for close to 10 years. I was like nine and a half by the end of it. Whenever someone asks, I always round up. It's just easier to talk it that way instead of this long explanation I just gave you. Um, but basically, I was in the military, and I had been injured overseas twice. Uh, I had broken both my ankles both times. So after coming back the second time, uh, I was offered the opportunity to go ahead and take a desk job and basically finish out my last 10 years as a desk jockey. Well, as a guy who went from the infantry to being in the medical field and being out there in the field, in the stuff, not I'm, I'm an active guy. I don't like sitting down ever. <laughs> so that did not seem appealing to me at all. Do meanwhile, while I was in Afghanistan, my wife was looking for a job, but we were doing well enough that she didn't need to go get like a legit job or anything like that. So she decided to look into possibly doing YouTube stuff. And she found gamers and thought it would be fun and thought, why don't we do like a couple's gamer channel? So during my whole process of trying to decide what to do with the military, we had grown that to a point where it was making us a reasonable amount, reasonable amount of income. And on top of that, the military was offering me like permanent pay for the rest of my life because of my injuries. So it was it was a combination of, well, we'll just go, I'll get out, we'll play games for a living. It'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Such a great story. It's so interesting to hear people's stories and how different they are. Now, what is something that you wish someone had told you when you first started out on YouTube? Uh, if you, <laughs> here's the biggest thing I always tell people, like, cause I get so many emails from people who say, I want to be a gamer on YouTube. If you see 200 people doing it, how, what are you going to do to stand out? Just being, uh, and, and that's where I always tell people, look at what people are doing in YouTube, find the smallest market that you can get into and then do it better. When it comes to Let's Plays, I tell people to avoid Let's Plays and gaming channels 90% of the time if they want to get into YouTube because the biggest guys on YouTube are gamers. How are you going to fit in that? So that, that's what I've always told people. Find something that you, you think you could do and you could do well and then find a small market that relates to that. And that's what I did with the comic channel, actually, when I, when I was doing that. It wasn't actually intended to blow up or anything like that. It was a fun hobby on the side. But I did, I did what I do here because I saw how people were explaining reviews and other storylines. And I'm like, well, how could I do that better? How could I explain stories better than all these guys who are trying it out? I completely agree with that. That's exactly what I did with my technology channel. There were so many tutorials out there on how to do this in Photoshop, how to do this in Adobe InDesign, how to edit with Final Cut. And I was like, man, these tutorials are absolutely horrible. I cannot understand what the, the person's saying. You know, either it's somebody talking over really loud music or it's text on the screen. You can't understand. There is no step-by-step -step guide or walkthrough. I was like, wait a minute. I'm really good with screen flow. I'm really good at explaining stuff to people and I've got a decent microphone. You know, why don't I do this myself? And I was like, okay, I found my, my niche. I found my medium of what I wanted to do. And I was like, I'm just going to do it better than anybody else. And by doing that, you know, a lot of my, you know, initial videos went to the top because you know obviously the way it works is if you create good content it will find its way above the noise it doesn't matter how much stuff is out there if you're creating good comic videos like what Benny's doing he's going to go to the top automatically because the content is always king if you know what you're doing if you know how to do SEO if you know a little bit about what you're doing with editing you will find your, yourself at the top of that niche in that medium and I completely completely agree with that yeah, and, and that and that's just what it is. I mean, I'm and, and for the record, I because I, I always I always kind of like backtrack a little bit on this. I'm not saying that you can't be like a gamer if you don't want to be. 
Just keep in mind, it's like it's a game of am I gonna mountain climb up, you know, K two, the highest mountain in the world? I think it is. But anyway, like one of the most difficult mountains, or am I gonna go hiking up a small hill? You know, it's kind of like it's like that situation. What do you want to deal with, basically? And also, and this is another thing. Even if you don't think you can create something better than what's already out there, don't even go in with that mindset. Go in with the mindset of, I'm going to try. I'm going to do something better. Maybe it won't come out better, but if I don't even put the effort into it, it'll never happen. Absolutely. Now, are there any YouTube tools, whether it be hardware, software, internet resource, that you use on a daily basis when creating your content that you could recommend to the audience? Um, the biggest thing that I do for, for YouTube tools is actually use the YouTube analytics. A lot of what I do is uh, monitor like the views, how fast the views come in, what do the views do, oh, was there a good turnaround on the revenue for this one, uh, stuff like that. And I also, I also pay attention to all of the comments and stuff like that just to see, well, did the audience like that? Did they dislike that? Did they hate the way I said this particular line? Well, they're going to say it in the comments. I, I know everyone says don't read your comments, and that is true to an extent. But you also have no idea what direction to turn your channel if you're not reading your comments. When it comes to the YouTube analytics, and you talked about how you dive in there pretty deep, looking at uh, the revenue turnaround, how quickly you get views, things like that. What are you trying to find? What are some points that you're trying to look for in the analytics that can help you with future content that you create? Uh, so, uh, well, the best thing that YouTube has given us is the real time. So basically, if I put a video up, and I normally keep them around the same hour, for me, it's like eight to, between 8 and 10 a.m. my time, so that's like almost noon uh, East Coast. Uh, what, the biggest thing that I do with the real time is I see how quickly it's gaining views. If everyone is jumping on that video, and it's, it's always coming out of the same time of day, so it's always the same audience that's going to be hit with it, well, then that's a popular topic that maybe I'm not touching on, or maybe I need to get more into, or that kind of a thing. Some of them are no-brainers, like doing a, we're doing a series on Dark Side War and Injustice. If I put those up, I won't even watch it. I know it's just going to blow up. Um, but if I'm trying, like this morning, you mentioned before this podcast that I put up the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video. And in the video, I specifically said, if you want more turtles, I need to see likes in this video because I don't know if there's an audience for this. Well, while I'm watching the likes, I'm also watching the views. And on average, a video that people want to see is going to get about 10,000 views per, uh, per hour at this point. Turtles is getting about four. So now it's a question of where is it going to end? It's not, it's not a video that I feel could support an entire day on its own. So you're going to gauge the future content post as far as like if you create more turtle stuff in in specific to what you're talking about obviously it's going to be different for different people whatever you're creating but you're trying to look at those views you're trying to tell your audience to like the video if they want more of this now what other techniques do you use as opposed to the views and the likes and things like that to determine if something is worth creating you know a series out of or more more content um, yeah, following those two, uh, a lot of times I'll check with the comments and I'll go flipping through it, seeing, cause a lot of times if I specifically ask, like you'll get more comments of, I want more, I want more, or they'll, they'll specify what they want instead. That's another direction to really look at it. Audience retention is another really good way to look at it. Uh, because if they, if everyone's saying more and it's got a bunch of likes and it's getting a bunch of views, but no one watched it past the halfway point. Well, then first off, you can either decide to shorten that video down and see if that's going to work or you go, okay, well, no one finished the video. You know, it was just my my fan base being like, yeah, more, and not it didn't actually watch it. <laughs> yeah. Tra transitioning from what you just said, what have you found to be the perfect time to upload a video? Have you found a specific time of day that works best that will gain traction the quickest? 
Uh, it actually, and this is funny, uh, when we did our gaming channel, we found doing it at 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern was the best time because kids are coming out of school and they want to watch the videos. On the comic book channel, we have a majority audience that's not uh, – not a majority. It's about half the audience that's not American-based. They're European or they're, or, or they're like in uh, Middle Eastern and stuff like that. So I discovered putting it out, uh, uh, the video out really early in the morning allows them to watch it at night, and then we get the normal influx from the usual U.S. crowd throughout the entire day. So your channel's content is going to base upon when you should release it. There is no magic hour to release your video. Because for the longest time, I just mimicked the gaming channel. And I'm like, okay, it's doing pretty good. But when I rolled this at the beginning of the day, I noticed a lot more views coming in. So a lot of that's just looking at your other analytics and seeing the demographics of who's watching your channel and trying to kind of play off of that as opposed to just finding some magical time to upload videos that would be the best you know success rate exactly um, i got a friend who does a lot of videos on like euro truck simulator and uh he's got a great big audience in the europe but if he were to release a video here at 8 p.m they're all in bed no one's gonna watch that and your your video when you're trying when you get to a science where you're talking to brands and you're talking to and you kind of you transition from solo youtuber to business a lot of your discussions are based on your views in your first 48 hours so if someone's gonna watch your views in a video in 72 hour mark those brands and the people you're trying to talk to to run a business side of this they don't care they want to see what you got in the first 48 absolutely and that translates so well to like podcasting I'm actually diving deep into the podcasting business world right now with my two podcasts even thinking about starting a podcasting network and when I talk to sponsors they're basically telling me how many downloads are your podcast getting in the first week? You know, it's it's basically going to say, hey, in those first seven days, I don't care. You know, you're doing evergreen content, so you're going to have people who listen afterwards. So I don't want those big blown up numbers. I want the download numbers for the first week. So that's important when you're thinking about getting sponsors, getting affiliate deals, going to FameBit, working with those guys over there. They're going to want to know how many views are you getting in the first two days, first 48 hours. And that's such great advice from Benny when you're looking at it. And Benny, maybe you can explain more if someone doesn't know what the real-time analytics are what exactly is that and where can they find that uh if you go to your youtube uh, creators panel you'll have the analytics tab you click that and then two down is the real time and what that does is it literally allows you to watch uh, i believe it updates every 10 seconds how many views are coming in so it's allowing you to see in real time. It's it's amazing, and I'm so glad they did this because for me, it's just fun to watch and see which videos take off and which ones do not. But it allows you to see within 10 seconds the people who are actually watching your video right now. Uh, and the, the real and it time pans over the last 48 hours. Even YouTube specifies, here's your 48 hours. Here's what you got. Right. And, and again, I think YouTube probably came out with that feature knowing that, hey, this can help our creators land more business deals by being able to provide this information to sponsors and people they're trying to work with on a business standpoint. So it's such a great feature. Absolutely agree with that. And, and for, for the record, the people who are like, well, why do people care about your first 48 hours? The reason is most brands that you deal with, they're trying to tie in your video, your promotion to something they're doing, be it a sale, be it some kind of like they, 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 they want to watch for 48 hours and see the direct drive. That's why they don't care. Oh, I, you, we, you plugged our thing a year ago because maybe that company's not even around a year later. And that, that's why they're, it's so important. Or the promotion they're running only was running for that month or that specific time frame. So I completely agree with that. If you could give one piece of advice, just one piece of advice to someone who is an emerging YouTuber or wanting to launch a YouTube channel, what would that advice be? Don't get ahead of yourself. Uh, the biggest thing that I did, because when we, when we launched Comic Storian, 
we had uh, we already had Elder Monster running, and we obviously were making revenue off of that. When I launched Comic Story, and the plan wasn't to make a channel that was going to be as successful as it is, and it, that was never what I intended. I literally was just looking for a hobby thing to do on the side because uh, what what you'll discover is, uh, and this is what we did on the gaming channel. You start getting ahead of yourself. You start seeing yourself do well, and you start thinking, how quickly can I put out videos? How fast can I cover topics? If I lower my quality, can I get out double a day and stuff like that? And that's when I say people get ahead of themselves. They see a big spike on something, and they're like, oh, that's amazing. I need to get out four videos immediately. And what you'll start to do is hate what you've done for fun because you, now you're turning it into a full-blown job. The only way that I've been able to keep up with what we do in Comic Storian and Manga Storian and uh, EM Now is eventually you'll hit a breaking point where you need to decide this is as many videos and as much work as I can do in a week and this is all I'm going to do or you you need to go I'm going to start hiring staff to cover some of the things I don't want to do anymore so we can do more videos so you don't want to get ahead of yourself and and that's what I had actually done with Comic Story and once it once I saw the success and I started being like oh wow I have a successful channel that's that's doing better than my gaming channel why would I leave this alone I ramped solo from two videos a week to about six and I was working like 18-hour days to maintain that schedule. It's so exciting, though, at that moment, right? So it's really easy to get ahead of yourself. So like when you're launching, like if you launch Comic Story and you saw, oh, my goodness, this channel's doing something. I, you know, this was just going to be a hobby for me, but holy cow, I might can make some money with this deal. And you get excited, and you're like, oh, my goodness, i got to upload two videos. i got to upload four videos. You know, If I'm making this much, I could be making this much. And you're exactly right. You can get ahead of yourself really quickly. So i got two points I want to dig into when it comes to that. You do daily videos on the majority of your channels. Are you batch creating these videos? Like, are you spending like one day and creating like, you know, maybe, you know, four to six videos and then scheduling those to upload? Or are you just doing them and then uploading them immediately? How, how do you create so much content so consistently? Uh, we, we do batch to an extent. Um, basically, what we do is we work on, on a t uh, two to three week ahead schedule. So everything that's up right now has been done for two weeks. I just didn't release it. And the reason we do that is because I also take advantage of any travel that people give me to do more promotion and do hosting gigs and stuff like that. So if I, w if I was literally on a day-to-day -day basis, we would just have whole, whole weeks where we're missing. So what we typically do is I wake up, and uh, at this point now, we have six people working on, uh, across all three channels. Um, I wake up in the morning, and there's another writer who wakes up in the morning. We all work online. I, I, we tried an office thing, and it was a waste of money. Everyone just worked from home anyway. <laughs> but we wake up in the morning. We both write one script, um, and then I batch record the audios for three videos. So one for gaming, one for comic storian, one for manga storian. And I send it off to the editors. And the editors on comic storian, there's, there's a total of three of them. So the editor, we have one primary for Comic Story, and he works on five a week over there. And then there's two other guys who work on two for Comic Story in a week, allowing us to maintain that ahead of the week schedule. Um, and then we also do about three for Manga Story in a week, but there's only two going out a week. And then the same thing with the gaming channel. We always do one extra a week so that we're always staying ahead of the schedule. And then typically we'll get way ahead of the schedule, and then we'll all take off for like a week. And then we're back to a two, week, a two weeks ahead. Absolutely. I think it's so important to remember that if you're trying to do daily content. And maybe can you hit on this point too, what would be the difference for someone who is uploading maybe once a week or once every other week? What would happen to their channel if they're creating good content, if they started uploading daily or every other day? What would happen? Uh, if you can maintain your quality and you're not tanking and just like, hey, I do one really amazing video a week and then I vlog five days a week, but your vlogs are poorly edited and they're not really good, your channel will grow. What people aren't aware of, and they and this is this is actually due to the nature of YouTube now. YouTube, 
everyone goes to see people like um, a lot of people like to watch the the pro Jareds, the peanut butter gamers, the Jontrons, the big gamers who do reviews and they put out once a month, right? And they get like two, three million views. They're amazing. They're huge. You can't do that anymore on YouTube. That they like they got to that size when that would work on YouTube because they did it at a day and age when YouTube would index your videos based upon likes, comments, and views. YouTube doesn't give a crap about views or even likes to an extent anymore. What YouTube cares about is your watch time on your channel. And they also index your videos. And um, it also, well, let me finish this statement, then I'll preface what I was going to say. But they also index your videos based upon how many things you've uploaded over the last two to three days. So if you're doing a once a week video, uh, let's say you put it on a Friday, by Monday, Tuesday, YouTube's just said, okay, your video's, your video's old. We're moving on to everyone else who made a video. So if you're not putting up at least every other day or every other third day, YouTube's just going to keep forgetting about your channel. Now, I do want to preface what I just stated there. YouTube changes the game around every so often. So if you're listening to this video in two years or a podcast in two years, it's possible that this is completely changed by then. But as of right now, watch time's the big deal. <laughs> so as far as like watch time, it's it's important for advertisers, not just you know for, for you to look at and say, oh, people are staying on my videos for a long time. But it's also extremely important for advertisers if there's a mid-roll ad or a post-roll ad. You know, they want to know, advertisers want to know, you know, how many of these viewers are leaving after 10 seconds. And the, the way that I tell people, a lot of times I'll see videos that have intros for like 12, 15, 20 seconds. And I'm like, guys, you can't do that. You know, they don't want to watch the same intro over and over again. It needs to be two to four to five seconds because these intros, they're leaving before you even get to your content. So it's extremely important to remember and understand that. And I think the difference between a daily upload and a weekly upload, I think you're exactly right. People would really, you know, Casey Neistat just proved this when he started, you know, uploading daily to his channel and obviously hit. Oh, he, he, he grew in like six months to like, massive yeah and obviously his production quality is is unmatched i mean he does some fantastic work over there so that's to a different scale but it would work for a person creating you know just just normal content maybe not even to the production quality that he creates so definitely remember that when talking about daily and weekly uploads it's it's extremely important now as far as what you mentioned earlier about you guys being able to take a week off now i think that's extremely important you know you don't want to get burnt out because this is fun right we're doing this it's a lot of fun to be able to do this and and as as Benny said he's got people who work for him and obviously you may not be to that point yet but were there anything that you did Benny in the beginning before you were able to hire those six people who work for your network for your group of channels right now what did you do to outsource some of the work or did you do anything to outsource some of that work to help you take off some of the workload uh, I didn't outsource any of it at the beginning. Uh, it was the, it was like the roughest first year ever. I did a whole year of five day five videos a day, uh, five videos a day, five videos a week, <laughs> um, and I was still maintaining one on the gaming channel. And it was at the end of that year that I literally had hit a point of if I don't hire somebody, we're gonna like there's no more videos. I'm gonna do one a week, and that's the end of this because it's not gonna work anymore. Um, but luckily, so what I did was at the end of the year we had just crossed 100,000 subscribers and three million monthly views. So I was like, okay. I looked at the revenue and I'm like, okay, I can afford to hire this guy for this much. He can come in and do three of the videos a week. I'll do two. We're good. Absolutely. No, I completely understand that. It's one of those things to where if you get to a point to where you can afford outsourcing, which I'm actually to a point to where I can do that a little bit now, especially with the podcasting that I'm doing. And I've learned that taking some of the stuff that I'm not necessarily that good at and that I really don't enjoy doing really makes it for me a lot more more enjoyable because I'm like, man, I don't have to do that. I don't have to edit this thing. I don't have to go through and listen to it over and over again. I've got somebody who's super good at it and they can get it back to me in a reasonable 
reasonable amount of time. So I completely would recommend that. The biggest thing for me was the editing because I love reading the comic. I love writing the script and I love doing the narration for it. I hated the editing. <laughs> you get, you got to find what you're good at and stick to that. I completely agree with that. Now, one of the last things I want to, before we wrap this interview up, that I want to mention uh, for you is this. You're one of the... M- only people that I've had on the show who run multiple YouTube channels. If there's someone out there thinking, you know, I've got a technology channel like I have specifically, you know, but then they also want to do gaming, what would you recommend to those people? Should you split into two channels or should you keep it all on your main channel? What would you say? It's it's a weird debate on that because you got to look, if you put everything on your main channel, let's say a great example is technology and gaming, you're literally going to be dividing your audience. You're going to start gaining subscribers who just want gaming and you're going to start gaining subscribers who just want technology. And at first, that won't seem like a big divide. But when you cross 200, 300,000 subscribers and one video is getting 20,000 views, but the other one's getting 100,000 views, that's going to be a pretty obvious what people are here for. What I tell everyone is if you're going to launch a second channel, you need to be able to, at least in the beginning, uh, be able to maintain both of them with a regular schedule. If you can't do that, then maybe you shouldn't even be making a second like style of video. Because if you can't regularly put out the content, nobody's going to sh- subscribe to the channel. But if you can, let's say you can do your technology, you're doing two videos a week, and you can do two videos for gaming a week, and you have no problems doing that at all, I actually recommend starting a secondary channel because at first you're going to be like, oh God, I'm starting all over again. This is horrible. But in the end, you'll have an audience for gaming and you'll have an audience for technology and they'll only cross when they want to. So that way you don't have a bunch of dead subs in the channel who aren't watching half the videos. And what have you found in promoting your other channels from like your main comic story and channel or your gaming channel? Have you found that they work really well together in tandem? Um, they do to an extent. The, we, I mean, we have a real good crossover from comic story into manga story. Uh, a lot of the comic readers don't like games, so we don't get a lot of crossover back to the, the gaming channel. So what we do a lot of times, and, and you want to promote, but you don't want to like shove it down to people's throats. What we typically do is we'll do like a promo video for the other channels every three or four months. And uh, at the end of a lot of the videos, I'll be like, hey, if you enjoyed this, don't forget. Honestly, I'm not even promoting the other channel. I'm using it as just filler so we can have an end card up. But I use, it, I use it to promote the channel and get the end card up. And I'll be like, hey, if you enjoyed this comic book, don't forget we do comic book video game stuff over here at this channel on this date. And they're just simple little plugs. You're not forcing it. You know, real big fans will go check them both out. And there you're good. Absolutely. Well, the last question I want to ask you before we wrap is this. What is next for your YouTube channel? What are you going to do to think outside the box or move on to the next phase of your creation process? Um, we started with this year is about trying out new ideas in the channel to see if the audience would enjoy other things other than just me yelling into a microphone about narration. Um, we started doing some of the animation stuff this year, the beginning of this year. That did okay. We got a few more of them coming out. Um, I actually funded a cosplay series that's going to be coming out very soon on the channel just to see if people are interested in cosplay and that kind of a thing. And we're also moving more towards um, relatability with the audience. Cause what, I mean, if you've been watching the channel, then you're aware you don't, you hear my voice, but you never see me. I'm not doing very much. So we've been trying to go more towards like vloggy opinions and kind of things just so people know who I am. And it's not just like, Oh, I want to watch just the narration and I have no idea what's going on or what this channel is. We're trying to make it a YouTuber, like we're keeping it YouTuber centric, but we don't want to turn it into a corporate entity like, you know, watch Mojo or something. And where do you see YouTube going in the future as a platform in the next two, three, five years? That I have no answer for, because every time I think I know the answer, it changes around. (laughs) I'm just happy that right now it's all about watch time, because with my comic book videos, most people watch the whole thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Benny, before I let you go, where can people find you on the internet? 
Uh, you can find me at uh, well, Comic Storian, Manga Storian, or on Eligible Monster. Those are my three YouTube channels. We also have a Twitch channel where we stream daily, known as Eligible Monster. We have I'm on Twitter at Comic Storian, Instagram at Comic Storian, Facebook is Eligible Monster. Basically, any one of those three names, we got to lock down, and I'm located over there. <laughs> Actually, if you want, if you want a piece of advice for all of your new viewers, uh, your, your new YouTubers, branding. Pick a name and do it across the board. Do not change it up. That's the worst thing you could possibly do. So much value dropped in this episode. I am so excited that I got to have you on, Benny. Again, like I said, I've been a fan for a long time, so it's been such a treat for me just to chat with you about your process, your journey, how you got to where you are now. And uh, until next time, man, we'll talk to you later. Oh, thank you so much for having me. That's it for episode 18. It's in the can. Hope you guys got some value out of that episode. I know I did. So I was taking notes the whole time. Hope you guys can go back, listen to it again. There's a lot of good stuff in there. And as I say every week, thank you guys so much for listening to the show. If you do find value in the show, go leave us a five-star rating and review over on iTunes. It just takes five minutes to do. Support us on over on Patreon. Or if you can't do that, if you're going to go ahead, use one of our sponsors. They'll be all in the description box below in the show notes. And guys, until next time, keep pressing record.